Welcome to the Wealth Edit, a podcast where talking about finances is only polite. We talk to women and hear the stories behind how they have built their beautiful lives, whether that be inside or outside the home. I'm Emily Laster, and on this show, we're interviewing Reagan Kane about her new website, The Francis Flair. Most often referred to as her post-40 alter ego, The Francis Flair was created to encourage herself and others to live presently and with a little bit of flair. Her hope is that through the Francis Flair community, others will be inspired to also take advantage of all that life has to give. All right, Reagan, welcome to Wealth Edit Wednesday. We're so glad to have you. Okay, so thank you for having me. Good morning, everyone. It's so fun. Um, Okay, so I just, this is for those of you who are new to joining, this is Wealth Edit Wednesday, where we interview a very interesting woman that we just think is fascinating. And so today it is Reagan Kane from the Francis Blair. So Reagan, so glad to, to see you, to hear from you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I washed my hair and put on a little lipstick. I didn't go full makeup, but I, I just decided to ease into it a little bit. So I'm great. Thank you for having me. Adorable as always, as always. Thank you. Okay. So just start out, Reagan, tell it, tell us your story. Tell us everything. Uh, well, I mean, it's really not super exciting. I, I'm a small town girl. Um, I'm a typical accountant's personality for the most part, except to have this weird, like, uh, alter ego, I guess, that's come out some in my 40s. But I grew up in Eufaula. Most of you know I love Eufaula very much. Um, went to school at Birmingham Southern. You know, uh, I was an accountant. I think like an accountant most of the time, especially back then, I knew what I wanted to do. It was the only thing I could connect with. My parents said, you have four years and then you need to go um, make some money. And so my parents are very practical people and that was just what we did. So I ended up working for a couple of years um, at Ernst & Young Public Accounting Firm. I have a somewhat of a similar story to Jennifer Hunt, um, who I think is on here and obviously I know has spoken with you. Um, then Ernst & Young, I thought I was completely unfulfilled by that work. I did not like auditing. I did not like uh, public accounting. I spent so many nights at the Courtyard Marriott in Dothan auditing movie gallery that they were sending me Christmas cards. And I was like, this is not, this is not, I knew that was not right. So I came to work for a company called Tacala. We're a Taco Bell franchise. We operate 320 Taco Bells. Um, came to work here in 2001 and I've been here ever since. I'm actually in my office today, which is not anything super exciting. I don't have a lot of Taco Bell gear on display, but um, so this business is interesting because our business is really simple. We sell food in exchange for cash or credit cards. So at its core, we're a fairly simple business. There's a lot of complications that nobody on this call cares to learn about. Um, but we also, there's a real creative side to Taco Bell because we, we're really a marketing company. If you think about it, we're trying to get people that would otherwise eat at McDonald's or Burger King or wherever to eat with us. So we market to, um, it's all about how you market to people. So I think that also kind of 
sparked a little bit of a creative side that I had. So anyway, that's my story mostly, I think. Well, how did, how did you transition from Taco Bell to the Francis Flair? Where did that idea come from? <laughs> well, that <laughs> idea came from, um, it came from a couple of things. Like I've always loved interiors and design and color. Like I never knew that color wasn't a thing or wasn't a way you would decorate your house um, or something that you would love that does not compute for me. Um, so, and then sort of Instagram and social media became a thing. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I have like a love hate with social media, which I'm sure many of you do. I, I play into it pretty well, but I can also be a little bit hesitant about it. So several people kept approaching me and saying, I like what you do. I like what you put out there. I, it's, you know, nice and well, maybe I should do something with it. So, so Holly Holland, who has done design work for me for a long time and has become a good friend. She really helped me come up with the name of Francis Flair. Francis is my first name. Um, I was I'm named for my maternal grandmother who um, lived all of her adult life in Eufaula and has a lot of family history there. And she was a big inspiration to me and a big part of my life. So that's Holly helped me sort of brainstorm names. I don't really know what it is. I mean, I tell people that it is my post 40, like self, like I, I, I really came into my own after I turned 40 years old. I don't know if that sounds hokey, but, um, I figure a lot of the people on this call maybe are around the same age, but like I figured out who I was and what I loved. And I was like, to hell with it. I'm just going to do this little thing as scary and weird as it, as it is like, it's not really hurting anybody. It's giving me a creative outlet. I'm still alive and well in taco land and I don't plan on changing that. Um, but it's just become a fun, creative little hobby, I guess. Yeah. Well, tell us about your style because from the moment I met you, your style, you just have such a good aesthetic and a fun aesthetic. So tell us just about your style, where it came from. I mean, you know, yard. I say in Birmingham, it's like the land. I say in Birmingham, it's like the land of cozy neutrals. You know, like lots of neutral things in your house and your in people's wardrobe. Well, you are not that, and I love it. I'm not that. I don't. I don't. I mean, I love people that are that. I mean, like be Heather. I don't know if y'all follow Heather McMahon. This is a strange turn, I know, but she is hilarious. <laughs> she always says, "Live your truth," and I've become like. I mean, she says it in a funny kind of jokey way, but it's, it's actually really true. I couldn't be the cozy beige person. I have lots of friends star and I love them. Um, I don't know. This is going to sound silly, but my father who is no longer alive, um, was a really <coughs> bizarre dresser. I mean, he would wear hilarious things and he thought, maybe there's some connection to that. I don't really know. I mean, my mom's kind of boring style and she knows that I tell, I'll tell her that. Um, and most, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't really have a good answer to that question, except I'm just, I know what I'm drawn to and I don't feel afraid anymore to show that there, there was a lot in my life where I would have felt very much afraid to show that side of myself. Yeah. 
Well, that's what? amazing. I, I remember, um, I think Caroline, who's on the call, uh, I called Caroline and said, I want to go look at your house that was um, on the market, your last house. And I just loved all the color was drawn to it. I'm a color lover myself. But also, um, what I loved about your style and your design is how you incorporate your your family history, like how, what your family's rooted in. And I just remember looking on your bookshelf and seeing uh, um, like a wedding invitation maybe of your grandparents. And I just love how you incorporate all that. So you can tell that your you know, family and your traditions are deeply rooted in your design. Where do you think that came from? Just from having a father that had a flair? <laughs> well, um, uh, this plays a little bit into your question about traditions, but I have this weird um, connection to family history and traditions. Like I've probably said this to some of you before and it's weird. I get it, but I happen to love it. I have spent however many Christmases I've been alive. I have eaten at the same dining room table in the same house and we have had the same menu. Now that is a little, there, there's probably some therapy somebody needs in there, but like, it's like my family likes it. I like it. I just grew up with that strong of a connection to my grandmother's dining room table and telling family stories. And for some reason, I just connected to it. I love to frame old family, family memorabilia and hang it up. A, you already have it. And B, it's like part of your story. And it's fun and some, you know, it's kind of hilarious. The things they used to write about in the newspapers, um, you know, they would list what you served at your wedding reception. And I would give almost anything to go back to those times. And so Rice just still read in the newspaper what people had at their wedding reception or somebody that came into town to visit somebody was written about. And um, I don't know, I just, I just love those connections. I think they make me feel safe or something weird, um, but I do, I love it. I absolutely love, um, I'm cleaning out my grandmother's house right now and I'm thinking about how many other things I can frame and hang on the wall, so get ready. Yeah, and so tell us about Frances Reagan. We think she would be a Heidi, but she has such an interesting story herself. I do think she would be a Heidi. She was, um, she was a woman that I guess she would be like in her nineties now. So she was, she worked, sometimes I think she worked harder than my grandfather. Like she worked before it was in vogue for women to work. Her, her father had an ice business that they turned into a beer distributorship and they sold like slits and paps and other things. But um, she ran that business after he, um, stopped working, I guess. And she had her hands in a lot of other business affairs in the town. And it, it just always made an impression on me. She was hard on us as grandchildren. I mean, if we made all A's, like she would give us like $5. She never, she never gave, she never made it easy. She had super high expectations. Um, and she would correct our grammar in front of people that would kind of embarrass you. I mean, she, she, she was a force in my life and we all have those people that were forces in our lives but um i definitely think she would have been a heidi no question no question oh wow 
Well, she sounds like an amazing woman and I just love to, um, I think all of us can look back and think about somebody who took the time to have high expectations of us. And I know it was probably hard at the time, but now looking back, those are the ones that yes, you're, hearts and we, you're so grateful for it. So grateful. Um, okay. So switching gears a little bit, we know you love to travel and I know there's a lot of us on this call that are big travel lovers as well. And we're all itching to get back out there. And looking at your style, I can tell you've incorporated a lot of that into your home. But tell us a little bit about how you think about travel. Is it something that you plan for or is it spontaneous? Do you budget for it? Kind of how do you view travel in your life? Um, I, I travel as much as I possibly can. And that, that hasn't always been the case. I mean, I didn't say this in the part about my introduction or career, but when I was in my twenties and even my early thirties, all I did was work. Like I, I knew I wanted some level of success and I knew I was the only person that I could hold responsible for that. And I also knew I've never been the smartest person in the room, but I do think I can work really hard. So I just worked all the time. I didn't even do a lot, which is really, you know, kind of embarrassing, but it's just the reality of who I was and what I wanted. And another part of my story that is kind of obvious, but should be said to make any of this make sense is my husband and I don't have children. So um, as I evolved into my thirties and certainly into my forties, I was like, wait a minute, I've got all this time that other people don't have. Um, I gotta be doing something with it. And so when I turned 40, I had connected with a lady in Dallas, Texas, who does small group sort of interiors, shopping, fashion, art focused trips. And I just went, I told Brad, I was like, I've got to do this for myself. I'm going on this trip. I don't know one single person, but I feel really good about it. And I did it. We went to the South of France. I was actually supposed to be back in the South of France this week, but I fell in love I had traveled before. I actually had a chance to travel with my grandfather um, in my twenties a lot and um, certainly wouldn't give anything for those trips. But these trips, it's just, I made tons of friends. I still text with some of the people that i met on that very first trip, even almost daily. And it just, it just opened up a side of me that I didn't know was there. And I, I'd always been jealous of my friends because they had kids and this and that. And I was like, I I'm not anymore. Now they can be jealous of me because I can travel. And I, I don't mean that to be ugly, but like we all have to find our thing. And that's just become my thing. Um, I mean, I, I think many of you on this call are much more well-traveled, much more. I haven't really been that many places, but I'm working on um, adding to the list and I'm part of creating the Francis Flair was like, maybe one day I could lead small group trips. So I'm, I'm working with my friend, Mary, um, the same lady that I went to France with. I've now been with her on five or six trips, I guess, or maybe more since 2017. So um, I'm kind of learning. I'm looking at travel through a different lens with her now. And maybe I can, um, that's a little bit, uh, on hold for obvious reasons, but maybe eventually I can do some of these trips with her or under her or sort of, you know, I don't know. Um, but I, I love travel. I mean, it's just like 
the people I admire most are these ladies, these older ladies that I've encountered in life that have been, you know, to Botswana 13 times. I'm like, that's who I want to be. Like, it's just the things you can learn and the people you can meet are just unmatched to me when you travel and expose yourself to other cultures and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's a great big world. How do you decide where to go? I mean, because you're right, you have this gift of like time. And how do you decide where you're going to travel? Both about that. Well, I mean, I'm real comfortable with European countries. Um, I, I really like traveling with my friend Mary Baskin. So the last couple of years, a lot of my travel has been with her or. Um, Brad and I went to Italy for the first time last year with my cousin um, who happens to be a glass blower. So that was kind of a cool insider experience into Venice and Murano. Um, but for now, I just kind of go with Mary because she makes it easy and she's extremely adventurous. So while I love, I talked to my husband last night about this and he goes, well, what are you going to say about travel that you like to go to the Ritz in Paris? And I was like, well, I do like to go there, but I do like to go other places. Um, so I've, Mary has caused me to go to some places I may not have been bold enough to go, like um, Morocco. And in September, we went to South Africa, which was the best trip ever. If you haven't done it, like skip Disney World and take your children to South Africa because it is incredible. So um, her trips, can you take families? Is it the type of thing that people can sign up to go on or how, how do you, um, what would be your recommendation if you do want to take your kids somewhere and not Disney World? Mary, Mary's trips are typically designed for adults. Spouses are welcome. Um, we had plenty of spouses in South Africa and have had some on the other trip. Um, hers aren't necessarily family focused, but she can certainly help with those. And I have a couple other resources I've used for travel that I've done that hasn't been through Mary that I very much like and would certainly recommend. Um, but you all should come with me on a girl's trip with Mary. It'd be good for your soul <laughs> and... I, I think everyone should do that and give themselves that gift as soon as you think you can. And we obviously can go. Well, I'd certainly love that. So what, where is your next trip? Well, you know, considering what's going on right now, but I, we were plan we were planning to go to, um, to India in October. I was going to go with Mary. Um, Mary's plan been planning a trip to Beirut, which I, don't think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna pass on Beirut um but India I really want to go to India I've not been some of you probably have but that was in the works for October now I just um I don't know we're planning Kenya for next next year 2021 and those are kind of the things that were were in the works Catherine Thrower saying that she went to India, which yes, Catherine should be giving uh, the travel talk here because she is one of the most well-traveled people I know. Catherine, we're going to have you on next to talk about travel. Yes. Um, okay, so tell us about your most meaningful trip. I, 
I think for me, it, it's A, it was most recent, and B, it was incredible with South Africa. Like, we did Cape Town for a few days. We did wine country, South African wine country, which is just phenom a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. We did that for a few days, and then we did safari for a few days. So you get, like, you get the city, you get the quiet beauty of the wine country, and then you get the safari. And it's like, I don't even know how to put that the safari experience into words I'm not a huge animal lover I'm not any of those things I'm, I'm not against animals but seeing them in their natural habitat is that's what got me so excited about South, South Africa and that's why I say take your children there that's where I want to take my nephews um, at, at the right time in their lives like I'm going to be that awesome aunt that takes them on some kind of hopefully an African safari uh, I loved it. It was exhilarating, really. Like, you don't even move. You just sit in this vehicle all day and stop for coffee, stop for wine. I mean, you're just wined and dined and um, in a very natural environment. And then you look over and there's a lion or whatever. It's um, by far the best trip I've ever done. That sounds amazing. It really does. And that's, it's interesting that you say that because I thought we've thought about this. Um, because obviously when you travel, you're making a financial decision. You're putting some dollars towards something, you know, that if, if you weren't putting it towards travel, you'd be putting it towards something else. And I know with my family, we were supposed to go to France this summer. That's probably not gonna happen. Um, but when I did the math, we could stay like in the South of France for a month for the same cost as going to Disney for a week. And nothing against Disney. like. I know some people it's like Disney is it and so but I think it's important to sort of tune into that in yourself like what is what is the kind of experience you want to have with with your friends with your family with your spouse whoever it is because you're putting some significant dollars I mean travel is expensive so anyway I just think that's I agree travel is a line item in my budget planning and in my retirement planning yeah that that is it's got to be accounted for and it's got to be um planned for yeah so how do you plan for that i mean currently i tell myself i'm gonna take three trips a year three big two to three big trips a year and i try to budget for those and save a year out so that i have the money set aside there's no stress. I don't want these trips to create stress. They're, they're supposed to be the opposite experience of that. And so I clearly don't want any financial stress from it. So I try to save a year in advance, put it in my um, money market account. I, I had the opportunity to hear Lauren's friend, uh, Helen Owens, mm -hmm. uh, six months ago now, I don't even know. And I loved her philosophy on saving and spending and it, very much matches up with how I like to run my financial life. So I put the money aside. I know it's there when it's time to come, when it's time to go on the trip or pay for the trip. I don't feel guilty about it. Yeah. No, that's the worst to like be on a trip or be plan and you haven't planned for it. I mean, this is how Andrew and I did our honeymoon because we were poor, you know? And so it's like, we went on our honeymoon and it's like every $14 drink. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to work for the rest of my life. You know? And you oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. We probably ate one meal a day and I was very <laughs> anxious about it. And I don't want it. I don't want that to be the, 
mid 40 year olds vacation that's fine if you're you know 25 but um yeah i just want to take away all the stresses that you possibly can around travel or any big financial decision for that matter right there's enough stress mm-hmm. well switching gears a little bit how do you make decisions about investing in your home do you do the same with home projects that you do a traveling are you like looking at individual projects or is it more of just like a constant thing in your life just a creative outlet oh. Yes, I haven't always done it that way with my house, um, but in recent years, I've become more planful about what I'm going to do. I can just be like, I don't know what it is about me in a house, but I can just uh, get a little bit carried away. Um, if you had had Brad on this call, I'd be real curious how he would answer this question, but I, I can get carried away with the house. I just love it so much. Um, I mean, my friends, some maybe on this call are always, well, what are you doing now? I mean, you just fixed that house and now you're, you know, painting it yellow. Like I, I think I have a bit of a reputation of just doing this crazy house projects all the time. And then when I don't have one, like right now, I do get a little bit anxious um, when there's not like something in the pipeline, but I'm doing a better job at being more financially prepared for those projects before they happen. Yeah. Haven't always been real super good at that. That's confessions. Well, okay. So this is kind of going back to something that you said earlier in the car call and kind of finding yourself in your 40s. How do you, is that just something organic that happened or do you feel like, tell, tell us about that process. Was it just like a, a switch flip? for you because you're one of the more I mean you're just such a person that feels so seems so comfortable in their skin um I don't know I just always admire that about you well I I appreciate that because that has not always been the case I mean I'm one of the most shy um I'm an introvert by all the tests um I'm an introvert that has learned how to function as an extrovert and I had no self-confidence as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, like zero. Um, and I don't, I don't really know what changed, but I think I just got like tired of it. I also, uh, how's the best way to say this? I had to work hard to figure out who I was when all my friends became distracted with their children. And I don't mean to keep making it about that, but I'm very comfortable as a woman, a married woman with no children now, mm-hmm. maybe a decade ago, five, six, seven years ago, I was not, um, I was a lot of things, desperate, angry, frustrated. And then I guess to your point a switch kind of did flip. And I was just like, I love the quote that says, live the life you have, not the life you thought you would have not sure where that came from or where I came across it, but that did help me flip that switch. And I feel like I've done a much better job of doing that in the last four or five years. I mean, what else really can you do? And once I got on board with that theory and I really believe it now, um, I just threw all caution to the wind and I guess was like, I'm going to dress like I want to dress. Um, 
was hold on. I have another quote. I love a quote. Oh, I have a quote on my wall over there that says desperately seeking no one's approval. That's clearly <laughs> easier said than done, but I have it hanging on my wall for a reason. So I can remind myself of that. And I feel like I live that way now. Um, but does anybody really know who they are before they're in their forties? I mean, they might think they do until they get in their forties and then you're just like, eh, some of that stuff that's out there in the world just doesn't matter. Right. It's just focus on what you love and what you care about and the people you love and care about and let all the rest fall away. So that I don't know how I got there. That's such a good word. And like that's you, such a good word. I think about like with myself being a widow and just all of a sudden kind of having my life you know, not look like the, what I pictured it to look like. And it has been a journey to like finding who I am a, apart from that. And, and, but now there's so much joy in that, you know, once you get to that point. And I know I like press that issue with my children all the time. And I have a 13 and 15 year old and I just looked at them the other day in my head. I thought, you know what, they just, they're just not going to get that until like their journey has to play out. Right. You can't and, just tell it to them and therefore they will. Right understand it and believe it right, right. well yeah. you had a different kind of grief than I have ever had I, I would never compare them but you do have to grieve that thing you thought you were supposed to have and everybody else has and find your joy mm -hmm. it's, yeah. and nobody can tell you how to do it or when to do it you just have to come to it yeah well thank you for that encouragement I love hearing your story and how you've come to that that's amazing yeah. Well, do you, does anyone on the call have any questions? The chat feature seems to be working. Um, do you, anybody have any questions? You can unmute your line or you can put in a question if you want for Reagan. Reagan, while people are asking questions, tell us how we can follow you, support you in your, in your efforts because we just love all of it. Well, you know, I'm big on it, big Instagrammer. Um, I created a, a fun little website that did create a lot of anxiety. Um, putting yourself on the internet is hard. And, um, but I did it and now I'm like, again, nobody really cares, you know, <laughs> like, so, um, you know, follow along on Instagram. We're trying to figure out things. I'm currently selling, um, working on a plan. I've collected travel fines for years and I'm currently working on a little bit of a way to try to maybe sell some of those. My part of my purpose on my trip in Provence this week was going to be to shop with that in mind. But, um, I've got a little maybe virtual pop-up, uh, in the works or maybe a socially distance appropriate pop-up maybe in May, if that seems to feel appropriate like the right thing to do. We'll see. Um, but just, yeah, follow along on Instagram and we'll see what happens next. I don't know what I'm going to talk about if I don't get to travel for a while. That, that's going to be kind of interesting. So well, we're we'll all, see. We're all going to take a girl's trip with you. And next week, it's so funny that you bring up Helen because I felt like we needed a little dose of Helen. So she is our next well-headed Oh, y'all. Everybody. Sign up for the class. She's so good. I, I mean, I think it's okay for me to say this. After Helen spoke in Lauren's office, I reached out to her and um, went to her home, and she met with me there, and we went through like all kinds of financial stuff and lots of life things and things I want to do 
for people in my life, again, back to not having children, I don't mean to talk about that so much, but like it actually makes planning for when you die harder because it's obvious for people that have children where their assets are going to go are going to go but she helped me think through those things in such a beautiful way so please like i like i'm like in the hell helen fan club i'm in the helen fan club too she mm -hmm. i i advise people for a living that she was begging to andrewize finances and it was great i loved it you know yeah like what people need so i she love her all her tips and she's very interesting to talk to mm -hmm. so. she's such a cute energy it's gonna be great it's gonna be great. So, um, well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank y'all. I don't fun. even know who's on here, but hey, and thank y'all. I saw somebody asked about my dress. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Maybe that just came where only I could see it. I don't know. But I um, I bought it from the uh, pearl Leela Rose pearl Ooh. um thing, and it felt really good to put on a dress today because I haven't done it in. Uh, six weeks plus so next, um next time we have you on we're all going to dress up like we're going to channel you for the next time well, I did. did anybody notice that i have a dress on i was so proud of myself i feel like i need to like do a quarrel or something but i did it for you megan <laughs> oh thank you look adorable thank y'all so much thank you guys bye We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you want to learn more about our website, please check us out at www.wealthedit.com. The Wealth Edit is an online membership-based community for women looking to confidently discuss and expand their knowledge of personal finance. Our community provides a space for women of all ages to gather, learn, and plan their financial journey through virtual courses, weekly guest speakers, and educational content.